Okay, so uh, again, today we're going to look at the uh, review, the Christianity and Liberalism. That's part of the, uh, the book that we're studying and reviewing uh, from uh, J. Gresham Machen. And today we're going to be looking at God and man, the difference uh, between Christianity and liberalism, and specifically as it uh, deals with God and man. So if you have uh, a question or a comment, just uh, jump in and uh, go ahead and ask, and uh, uh, we'll try to deal with that the best we can. So uh, we're dealing with uh, the Christianity and liberalism. Christianity differs from li liberalism primarily in the way it has a concept of God and also in its uh, concept of man. Okay, those are two primary uh, differences that we're going to find uh, in liberalism will be the uh, difference between the views of God and the views of man. Um, and also the view that liberalism has on sin. So we're going to look at <clears throat> what the Bible says ab about God, what the Bible says about man, and what the Bible says about sin. And uh, anything contrary to what the Bible said uh, and if liberalism is calling for that, we would say uh, that is not correct. So Christianity would be whatever is uh, uh, given to us in the Bible in terms of the biblical teachings. Uh, the quote in the book says, Modern liberalism has lost all its sense of the gulf that separates uh, the created from the creator. Okay. Um, basically, it comes down to uh, we need to think of it as God is God and man is not. Okay, God is the creator and man is the created. And thirdly, man is a sinner. Uh, uh, liberalism would generally have a lower view of God uh, and they would uh, at that point also have a higher view of man uh, compared to what the Bible would, would state about God and man. Fundamentalist uh, Christianity would have a high view of God and a very low view of man, and that's as per the Holy Scripture. Okay, uh, uh, Where do we get uh, the correct teaching and the correct concept of God and man? Where should we be looking for that correct uh, concept? From the Holy Scripture, yes, from the Bible itself, uh, and which constitutes uh, our, and that's where we get our doctrines. A doctrine is a set of principles or beliefs. Uh, our beliefs are summarized generally uh, from the Holy Scriptures in the Westminster Confession of Faith and the Westminster Longer and Shorter Catechisms, and they happen to be, you know, a convenient summary of what the Bible teaches, and in our case, specifically about God uh, and about man. Uh, and that would be our standards. Uh, where did these the Westminster uh, Confession of Faith and Catechisms come from? Uh, they were established uh, between 1643 and 1647 uh, by the English Parliament, uh, which happened to be under the control of Presbyterian Puritans. Uh, and they were convened as an assembly of divines or Puritan ministers, including a few influential Scottish uh, commissioners 
at Westminster Abbey in London, uh, and their task was to advise Parliament on how to bring the Church of England into a greater conformity with the Church of Scotland uh, and the Continental Reformed Churches. Uh, the Westminster Assembly produced documents on doctrine, church government, and worship uh, that have largely defined Presbyterianism down to this day. Uh, uh, those documents include the uh, Confession of Faith, which was completed in 1646, the Larger Catechism, uh, which was completed in 1647, and the Shorter Catechism, which completed in 647 as well. And those uh, documents, or that doctrine, is called the Westminster Standards. Uh, and that's what we're going to be uh, primarily referencing to, uh, along with Scripture, we'll be referencing uh, the Westminster Confession and the uh, Shorter Catechism uh, because they're very convenient summaries. They're very concisely stated uh, what the Bible states about God and man, and that's what we're going to be specifically dealing with. Uh, <clears throat> As I said before, uh, liberalism uh, would generally not uh, recognize sin, uh, and we know that uh, it is very clearly stated in the Bible uh, of sin and of uh, the sin of man. Uh, and we're going to go ahead and take a, start taking a look at that. But first of all, we want to say, well, uh, why do we get our, our standards from Holy Scripture? Uh, so we're, we're going to take a look at what the Westminster Confession says uh, or uh, summarizes of what the Bible says about the Holy Scripture. Uh, in chapter 1 uh, of the Westminster uh, Confession of Faith, it says, Although the light of nature and the works of creation and providence do so far manifest the goodness, wisdom, and power of God as to leave men unexcusable, in other words, you would, they ought to be able to understand, yet uh, are they not sufficient to give that knowledge to God and of his will, which is necessary to, unto salvation. Therefore, it pleased the Lord at sundry times in a diverse manners to reveal himself and to declare that his will unto his church and afterwards for the better uh, persevering and propagating of the truth and for the more sure establishment and comfort of the church against the corruption of flesh and the malice of Satan and of the world, and here it is, to commit the same wholly unto writing, in other words, to write it down in Holy Scripture, which maketh the Holy Scripture to, the, to be most necessary. Those former ways of God revealing his will unto his people being now ceased, so what, when it says the former ways, what were the former ways of God revealing his will to his people? Just a couple. What can you think of a couple? Through his prophets. Yeah, through the prophets. Uh, how about directly speaking like as to Moses you know, on the mountain? Uh, how about to the, through the angels to Joseph? Uh, and so those ways, it says now, those ways of God revealing his will unto his people now being ceased. So uh, the Lord put his will down in writing since those other means now have now ceased. And then the, the authority of the Holy Scripture for which it ought to be believed and obeyed depends not upon the testimony of any man or any church, but wholly upon God who is truth itself. 
the author thereof, and therefore it is to be received, and because it is the word of God. And uh, just a reminder, it says, The authority of the Holy Scripture for which it ought to be believed and obeyed dependeth not upon the testimony of any man or church. So uh, liberalism, if they're dealing with uh, the view of man or God, anything different from Holy Scripture, uh, it says it, uh, it should not be received. It doesn't depend on that. It depends on the Holy Scripture, the Word of God. Uh, also in uh, the uh, confession in that same chapter, it says, The whole counsel of God concerning all things necessary for his own glory, man's salvation, faith and life, is either expressly set down in Scripture, or by good and necessary consequences may be deduced from Scripture, unto which nothing at any time is to be added, whether by new revelations of the Spirit or traditions of men. Okay. Nevertheless, we acknowledge the inward illumination of the Spirit of God to be necessary for the saving understanding of such things as are revealed in the Word. Uh, and that there are some circumstances concerning the worship of God and the government of the church common to human actions and such, which are to be ordered by the light of nature and Christian prudence. Uh, in other words, uh, God has given some Christian liberty. For instance, you know, the session can, uh, or the church can have different orders uh, of uh, the uh, different orders in terms of the uh, uh, the order of service, of the worship service. Uh, they can determine the times of worship service. So there's some things that uh, uh, are common to human actions in society, which are ordered by by the lay of nature and Christian prudence. So uh, it doesn't have to be written down in Scripture. It's just co common things that can be or ordered. Uh, which, but they would be uh, according to the general rules of the Word, which are always to be observed. Okay, uh, and then. The final of that section on Holy Scripture is, All things in Scripture are not alike plain in themselves, nor alike clear unto all. Yet those things which are necessary to be known, believed, and observed for salvation are so clearly propounded and opened in some places of Scripture or others that not only the learned but the unlearned in a due use of the ordinary means may attain unto a sufficient understanding of them. Let me just read that one more, thing, one more time. All things in Scripture are not alike plain in themselves, nor alike clear unto all. Yet those things which are necessary to be known, believed, and observed for salvation are so clearly propounded and opened in some place of Scripture or other that not only the learned but the unlearned in a due use of the ordinary means may attain unto sufficient understanding of them. Can you think of a couple things in Scripture it says all things are not alike plain in themselves or un, or clear. Uh, can you think of a few things uh, uh, that maybe to you are unclear or to, uh, for other people as well is kind of unclear? Well, there's some of the theology and... Uh, yeah, I think that's Tam. Go ahead, Tam. I was going to say, you know, eschatology and even uh, baptism has two views or more. Sure. So right. there are some things that that 
real Christians can differ on. Sure. But, okay, so it says all things are not alike plain in themselves nor alike unclear. Well, that's for sure because, you know, at Presbytery, the discussions can go on for hours on a certain thing. So um, everything is not, but what things, it says, yet those things which are necessary to be known, believed, and observed uh, are so clearly propounded and open in some places that not only the learned, but the unlearned in due use of the ordinary may attain to a sufficient understanding. What what things can you think that are pretty plain to understand? The Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments? How about who created uh, the earth? The creation of the world. Yeah, because what's Genesis 1 say? In the beginning, God created, right? Uh, so the, And how about uh, salvation? Is salvation pretty clear? Yes. The way to salvation? Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. You know, Jesus says, I came to seek and to save the lost. Uh, if you confess with your mouth, Jesus is the Lord, believe in your heart, God raised him from dead, you will be saved. Uh, so that's pretty clear to understand. So that's what it's saying. Some, some things are difficult, but the important things that are necessary to be known and believed uh, are pretty obvious. Okay. Um, so now let's take a look uh, at the Westminster Shorter Catechism on what it says about Scripture. And it says, what do Scriptures principally teach? The Scriptures principally teach what man is to believe concerning God and what duty God requires of man. And so if we're looking at the standards uh, for what we should believe concerning God and man, uh, it's in the Holy Scripture. Uh, it says, Scriptures principally teach what man is to believe concerning God and what duty God requires of man. So we get our concept of God and man uh, from Scripture. So now, uh, we're, let's take a look at what it does say, what the Scripture says about uh, man and what the Scriptures say about God. Uh, and I like this first in chapter 7 of God's covenant with man. It says, the distance between God and the creature is so great that although reasonably, uh, reasonable creatures do owe obedience to him as their creator, yet they could never ever have any fruition of him as their blessedness and reward. But by some voluntary condensation on God's part, which he hath pleased to express by way of covenant. Uh, and uh, the distance between God and the Creator is so great that although reasonable creatures we do owe obedience unto Him as their Creator, yet they can never have any fruition of Him. Fruition is, they'll never have a come to uh, realization uh, by voluntary, but only by voluntary con uh, condensation on God's part, or by work of the Holy Spirit, okay? Uh, and which, or in which he hath pleased to express by way of covenant. Going on to what is God? So what does the scripture talk about God? What is God? God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable, in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. Any lowering of that standard uh, that liberalism would lower that standard at all and not have that high standard of God as infinite, eternal, unchangeable, 
would see would not be according to scripture and that's what liberalism would be doing generally lowering lowering that standard uh, of God that's expressed in the word uh, uh, Westminster Shorter Catechism question 5 are there more gods than one uh, there is but one only the living and true God and then how many persons are there in the Godhead there are three persons in the Godhead the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And these, are three, these three are one God, the same in substance, equal in power and glory. So any deviation from that uh, would be liberalism, uh, whether Christ is uh, just a prophet or a teacher or whatever, or there's a, uh, different issues on God the Father is more of just a personal father rather than the, the God. Uh, so the, uh, it, our uh, scripture says three persons, all equal in substance, uh, equal in power and glory. Okay, so then uh, chapter two of the Westminster Confession of Faith says there is but one only living and true God who is infinite in being and perfection, the most pure spirit, invisible, without body parts or passions, immutable. Uh, immense, eternal, incomprehensible, almighty, most wise, most holy, most free, most absolute, working all things according to the counsel of his own immutable and most righteous will, for his own glory, most loving, gracious and merciful, long-suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, forgiving iniquity, transgressions and sin, and the rewarder of them that diligently seek him, and with all most just and terrible in his judgments, hating all sin, and who will by no means clear the guilty. Uh, <laughs> pretty concise uh, presentation of uh, the one living and true God uh, with all those uh, incomprehensible, almighty, most wise. So and again, any lowering of that standard uh, would be liberal part of what liberalism would be doing. They would be lowering that standard in in whatever areas, but very very high standard according to Scripture of God. Uh, and then now we're getting to more toward creation and man. Okay, chapter four, Westminster Confession. Uh, it pleased God the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost for the manifestation of the glory of His external power, wisdom, and goodness in the beginning. To create or make nothing, make something out of nothing, the world and all things therein, whether visible or invisible, in the space of six days, and all very good. Okay, uh, and we just said Genesis uh, 1:27 uh, uh, speaks of uh, on the uh, sixth day God creating man. Uh, Westminster Confession says, After God had made all creatures, he created man, male and female, with reasonable and immortal souls, endued with knowledge, righteousness, and true holiness, after his own image, having the law of God written in their hearts, and the power to fulfill it, and yet, under a possibility of transgressing, transgressing being left to the liberty of their own will, which was subject under change. Besides this law written in their hearts, they received a command not to eat of the tree of knowledge and good and evil, 
in which while they uh, kept, uh, they were happy in their communion with God and had dominion over the creatures. And then we know what happened, don't we? What happened at, from that point on? They failed. They failed, and they sinned, and that brought the sin into the world. So now let's go on to uh, chapter 6, Westminster Confession, the fall of man and sin and the punishment thereof. Our first parents, being seduced by the subtlety and temptation of Satan, sinned in eating the forbidden fruit. This, their sin, and God was pleased, according to his wise and holy con uh, counsel, to permit having uh, purposed to order it to his own glory. Okay, the first parents being seduced by the devil sinned. Okay, was it just the sin of Adam and Eve at that point? No, all mankind. Yes, okay, so uh, if liberalism uh, doesn't want to deal with sin, uh, what does the Bible say about sin? It says it come in with Adam. Adam and Eve, and it was on behalf of all mankind. And Westminster Confession, uh, chapter 6, paragraph 2, By this sin they fell from their original righteousness and communion with God, and so became dead in sin, and wholly defined in all parts uh, and faculties, the soul and body. They, and chap uh, paragraph 3, they being the root of all mankind, the guilt of this sin was imputed, and the same death and sin and corrupted nature conveyed to all their posterity, descending from them by ordinary generation. Okay, so when Adam failed and Eve failed, uh, all mankind failed uh, uh, in, and became uh, under the power of sin. Uh, and from this original corruption, whereby we are utterly indisposed, disabled and made opposite to all good and holy inclined and holy inclined to all evil do precede all actual transgressions. Say so, so any any high opinion of man uh, has got to be considered uh, this uh, the original sin uh, and this original corruption whereby we are utterly indisposed and disabled, and made opposite to all good and holy, inclined to all evil, inclined to all evil, do proceed from the actual transgression. So, uh, man uh, is sin. And what does the Bible say about man and sin? Can you think? All have sinned and come short. Yes. For all have For sinned and fall short of the uh, glory of God. Uh and then, uh, how about, uh, and, and liberalism would say, well, yeah, but we're not that bad. You know, man is not that bad. You know, yeah, we might sin a little bit, but we're not that bad. What does the Bible say about that in terms of sin? Well, James 2.10, For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles in just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. Okay, so is it possible just to be only a little bit sinful? Or make a little no. bit of sin? No, it's you. You no. break one small point, and you've broken it all. Uh, and that's I like to say is that's the case where uh, ninety percent equals zero. You could be ninety percent keeping the law, 
but you would, in God's eyes, you would be zero in, ter in terms of keeping it. Uh, or one equals 100. If you sin in one point, the same as uh, 100%. You sin in 100%. Uh, and because what is the biblical standard for man? It's perfection. Matthew 5, 48. Be perfect as your Father in heaven is perfect. So God requires uh, 100% or perfect obedience. Uh, and is that possible? No. 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 And, you and, know, Romans... And uh, yeah, Romans three twenty three. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. It's very clear. All all have sinned and we see that you know it's not possible to be uh pretty good you know in god's eyes it might be in man and that's okay in man's eye to say well you know i'm not that bad we can compare uh but it but it doesn't make any difference in terms of god in god's sight if you've sinned a uh, one sin you have the same as sinning 100 percent. so uh so if liberalism doesn't want to deal with a matter of sin what do we have to say about that Oh, it's wrong. You know, sin Sin is very clear. That's one of those things that is clearly stated in the Bible that even the learned and the unlearned could understand. You know, when it says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, uh, that's pretty, pretty clear to understand. Uh, all right, so... Um, but a way out has been provided. Yes, and we're going to get to that too. We don't. I, I would never want to leave somebody right there, uh, saying that for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Okay, so there's there's that's the bad news, but there's also good news. But we'll get to that. Uh, uh, of that section in chapter or paragraph six, every sin, both original and actual. Original will be the Adam sin, and actual means our sins being a transgression of the righteous law of God and contrary thereunto doth in its own nature bring guilt upon the sinner, whereby he is bound over the wrath of God and curse of the law, and so made subject to death with all its miseries, spiritual and temporal and eternal. Okay, so yes, sin uh, is a reality, uh, and, it, and it has to, you know, we can't, we can't uh, play it down, uh, and we have to... to uh, to deal with it for the uh, for what it is, uh, and it's a it's a curse to God. Okay, so uh, back now to the Catechism. Go back chapter seven of God and the covenant with man. Start getting to that point of dealing the distance between. I love this, and this is what we said in the beginning: the distance between God and the creature is so great that although reasonable creatures do owe obedience unto Him as their Creator, yet they could never have any fruition of Him and their blessedness and reward, but by some voluntary condensation on God's part, which He hath been pleased to express in the way of covenant. Uh, the first covenant made with man was covenant of works, wherein life was promised to Adam and in him to his posterity upon condition of perfect, as we said, perfect and personal obedience. But man, by his fall, having made himself incapable of life by that covenant, the Lord was pleased to make a second, commonly called the covenant of grace, wherein he freely offered unto sinners life and salvation by Jesus Christ, required of them, uh, requiring of them faith in him that they may be saved, and promising to give unto all those that are ordained unto eternal life his Holy Spirit to make them willing and able to believe. 
Wayne, will you ex Wayne, will you explain now where the elect come in there? Uh, well, the Bible says in the in eternity past, God elected some, not all, to eternal life. Uh, and that you know that's in Scripture. So is that one of those things that's clear to us and easy to understand? Uh, no, but also uh, we know uh, the God is a God of mercy and grace. And it says, um, I can't give you the specifics, but it says in all cases when it's talking about the elect, uh, it talks about God's mercy. So that uh, elect was based upon mercy. Okay. Uh, and what, uh, what are the wages of sin? Death. 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 So what does all sin deserve? Death. Death. So if God shows mercy to some, uh, he's being fair, right? He is being fair because uh, sin deserves death. Okay? So whenever the Bible talks about the about elect, uh, it always talks about God's showing mercy. Okay? Okay. Uh, and that's kind of, at this point, kind of about the best I can do on, on the elect. Okay? But it does say, you know, in, in eternity past, God elected some, not all, to eternal life. Is that easy to that understand? That was his plan, Wayne. What? That, that was his plan from, from yes. before the beginning. Yeah, from, from eternity, that, yeah, from eternity was, past. That was his plan of salvation, that he was going to have a remnant. As throughout his, the history of the of the Old Testament, there was always a remnant that was left. Right. And this is the remnant that he's elected, and that's who's going to enjoy eternity with him in time. And and how do we have to accept that? If if we, I, I mean, I I struggle with that sometimes. I have to keep going back. But uh, how do we have to deal with that? If we even if we struggle, you know, with it sometimes. What is the basic fundamental that we have to have? Well, it's the sovereignty of God. You have to uh, believe in the sovereignty of God. Uh, and we read that when we were talking about God, what the scripture says about God. You know, infinite, eternal, unchangeable, wisdom, power, all those attributes of God, you have to buy into the sovereignty of God and just understand, hey, God is God and we are not. God is the creator and, he, uh, and we are the created. Uh, so what do, as uh, we see in Job, you know, how can we question God? You know, and but, his, but, but Wayne, shouldn't, shouldn't we have comfort, though, in knowing that Paul takes that a step further and says those who he elects, he calls, and those who he calls, he justifies, and those who he justifies, he glorifies. Yes, absolutely. And through regeneration, he puts a new heart in us, he gives us his Holy Spirit. And he gives us the faith. That's a free gift. He yeah. gives us the faith that's needed in order to have true faith in Jesus and, and, and be able to be saved through his work on the cross. I mean, he's, he, he's done all that for us. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And that's, that's part of his, his grace and mercy. Uh, right. He is a God of grace and mercy. So uh, I don't worry about, about the elect. I, I consider more about God being a very gracious and, and merciful Father and God. Yeah. Okay. Infinite, Wayne, eternal, yes. 
Uh, I was just going to say, I have a nice little quote on the subject, uh, which says, God has sent no innocent people to hell, but he saved many sinners from it. Yes. That's God's mercy. He doesn't have to save anyone. He has elected to do it, and he's elected to do it his way. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, uh, Romans says, the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, his son. Okay. Right. Good. All right, where are we now? Uh, okay, and then uh, I'd like to kind of finish up here with the uh, shorter catechism. Uh, the Shorter Catechism uh, is just a little bit more concise, uh, shorter, briefer, with the same uh, defining those major principles. Uh, uh, it starts with, uh, let me start with uh, question 13. Uh, did our parents continue in the estate wherein they were created? Our first parents, being left to the freedom of their own will, fell into the estate wherein they were created by sinning against God. Uh, and what is sin? Sin is any lack of conformity unto or transgression of the law of God. So, you know, again, <laughs> Bible clearly dealing uh, and talking about sin. Uh, what was the sin whereby our first parents fell from the estate wherein they were created? The sin whereby our parents, parents first uh, fell from the estate uh, they were created in was their eating of the forbidden fruit or disobedience. Did all mankind fall in Adam's first transgression? Yes, the covenant being made with Adam, not only for himself, but for his posterity, all mankind descending from him by ordinary generation sinned in him and fell with him in his first transgression. Uh, uh, into what estate did the fall bring mankind? The fall brought mankind into an estate of sin and misery. Uh, wherein consists the sinfulness of the estate under which man fell? The sinfulness of the estate into, uh, wherein to men fell consists of the guilt of Adam's first sin, the want or the lack of original righteousness, and the corruption of his whole nature, which is commonly called original sin, together with all transgressions which proceeded from it. And what is the misery of that estate wherein to men fell? All mankind, by their fall, lost communion with God uh, and are under his wrath and curse and so made liable to all miseries in this life, to death itself, and to the pains of hell forever. And this, uh, that's the bad news, right? And the good news. Did God leave all mankind? Question 20. Did God leave all mankind to perish in the estate of sin and misery? God, having out of his mere good pleasure from all eternity, elected some to everlasting life, did uh, enter into a covenant of grace to deliver them out of the estate of sin and misery and to bring them into an estate of salvation by a Redeemer. And who is that Redeemer? Uh, who is the Redeemer of God's elect? Question 21. And the answer, the only Redeemer of God's elect is the Lord Jesus Christ, who, being the eternal Son of God, became man, and, and, was, and, one, and so was and continueth to be God and man in two distinct natures, one person forever. So, 
Uh, bottom line, what is the Bible, uh, how does the Bible uh, view God? <clears throat> Sovereign. Sovereign. A very, 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 very high view of God. And it's clearly presented. Infinite, eternal, unchangeable, uh, etc. And what is the view of man? The man being pretty good? No. No. Man being a sinner and deserving the wrath and curse of God, yet <clears throat> God in His grace uh, provides uh, a way of salvation through Jesus Christ. Okay, uh, any comments? I know if, if you read this chapter, uh, it's, uh, Machen is a little bit more difficult to understand, but I think basically uh, he was saying you know, the same thing as we said, God is God. And man is not. God is a creator. Man is a created. Uh, there is such a high uh, uh, or such a wide expanse between God and man uh, that uh, we cannot lower God to any standard other than Scripture. And we do not need to elevate man uh, thinking that man can pull himself up by his bootstraps or man is able to overcome this or that. Uh, except for the uh, the power of uh, Jesus Christ and the grace of God. So uh, any any deviation from that, we would say, would be uh, part of uh, liberalism. Okay, uh, so again, uh, we, we stick to our standards, uh, the doctrines that have uh, plainly been uh, uh, in terms of what the Bible says about God and what a, the Bible says about man. Any deviation from that, uh, we would be... Uh, uh, part of what we'd say would be a liberalism.